Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. After the church is gone, and what's the church again? Is it the building? Is the building going to go? No, it's people. We're going to go to heaven. And then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed. So he can't be revealed to the world until the church is gone. Whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Second coming is the battle of Armageddon. You've heard about it. You've seen movies about it. That's coming at the end of the tribulation. That's going to be there when Jesus Christ comes back and sets up his kingdom. The end times topic is always a popular one amongst believers. Today, Pastor Mark prepares listeners for all that scripture reveals regarding the tribulation and rapture of the church. As Christ followers, we can be excited about what's coming. We are going to be with the Lord forever. However, we should still be aware of the world's happenings and not lose sight of our mission while on earth. The Lord wants to use our lives on earth to do mighty things for his kingdom. As signs in this world begin to reveal that Christ's return is nearing, remember, the rest of the world needs our same hope. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel with part one of his message, a look at what happens before the tribulation. Well, as you turn to the book of Daniel, we are in an interesting time. Daniel had been praying. He got a vision from God. He didn't really understand it. So he was praying for the answer about this vision. And he prayed for prayed and fasted for 21 days, still no answer from God. And then an angel came about three days later, and he said to Daniel, your, your prayer was heard the very first day, but there's spiritual warfare. We talked about the world last week being there's a seen part of the world, and there's an unseen part. The unseen part is just as real as the seen part. And that unseen part is that spiritual warfare. And finally, the the explanation, and you're going to have it today, the explanation to the dream comes to Daniel. But let me give you a preface at what that is. The angel says to Daniel, I've come to explain what will happen to your people, speaking about the Jewish people, the Jews in the future. So you might say, well, Pastor Mark, like, what is that all about? Most of us aren't Jewish. No, it has greater impact for you as it moves along. So for the next three or 400 years, the first part of Daniel 11 is things that are going to happen to the Jewish people in those days. Now to us, they're all past. Everything that God predicts between here and actually verse 36 in chapter 11, it's already gone. It's already finished. Everything perfectly, exactly, 100% as God predicted three to 400 years before it happened to the smallest detail. 
That's amazing. So it encourages us. Now, in a minute, I'm going to summarize those first 35 verses. And you're going to like this teaching because I'm going to summarize it with, with really two statements. How'd you like to summarize 35 verses in two statements? You like that kind of teaching? I know, I know, no. I'm just going to summarize it for you. So let me give it to you kind of like this. And when we get to verses 36 to 45, most Bible commentators call that basically the, the most important future prophecy ever, ever spoken about the coming Antichrist and what's going to happen. So here we go. Here's verses, uh, and again, you don't need to write this down. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 20. This is all about the prophecies of the Medo-Persian and Greece. Now, remember, we all, the reason I'm summarizing is we've covered all this. We went through this in detail. Remember at the beginning in the Babylonian Empire, King Nebuchadnezzar had this, had this dream of this four-phase kind of thing with the Babylonians and then the Medo-Persians, then the Greece, then Rome. Well, we've covered all that. This goes through those prophecies again. Then in verses 21 through 35, and again, you can go through it, read it. It'd be good memory for you. Uh, but there's so much other that's new that I want to get to that. These are prophecies concerning, we call him the Old Testament Antichrist. We went through that. Antiochus Epiphanes. We spent a lot of time with that and what that looked like. The reason is that the Jewish people were going to suffer when he came into uh, authority and power, just kind of like, a little bit like the Antichrist is going to treat the Jews when we get to the book of Revelation and what that looks like. So here's the verse. Look at Daniel eleven twenty one. The next to come, speaking about this man, Antiochus Epiphanes, to power will be a despicable man who is not in line for royal succession. He will slip, uh, slip in when least expected and take over the kingdom by flattery and intrigue. So everything through 35, we've already covered in the first uh, 10 chapters of Daniel. And it has already happened in history. It's all history, 100%. Daniel, of course, didn't experience most of it because he died before it came. But the Jews did experience it. Now we move on to verse 36. And from here to 45, it's a different picture. These are things, look at me, these are things we have not experienced yet. It's not just for the Jews. The Jews will be very much involved, but it's for all the Gentiles as well. Now look at Daniel eleven thirty-six. The king will do... As he pleases. Now, this is speaking about the real Antichrist that will come in the tribulation. He will exalt and magnify himself above every God and will say unheard of things against the God of gods, against God Jehovah. He will be successful until the time, here's a key word, we'll hear it all today and next week, of wrath is completed. So during these seven years, Antichrist is going to be incredibly successful, but there's an end coming at the end of the Antichrist with the second coming of Jesus. For what has been determined must take place. So you can write this down this morning, verses 36 through 45 in Daniel chapter 11, Vieira, Sebastian. These are future prophecies that we have not yet seen fulfilled, even to this day, even though we're 2,000 years, actually 2,500 years past this, focused on the future real Antichrist. Now, you're going to see, as we go through this, what you just saw there is kind of introducing us 
at the start of the tribulation. So in that verse that we just read, the Antichrist will be independent of any other authority. He's empowered, he's controlled by Satan himself. Earlier in Daniel, when we studied the coming Antichrist, we learned he will operate with this absolute power. Now, how could one man rule the whole world, every part of the world, by himself? Well, he's not really doing it by himself. He's doing it with Satan's power. And he's going to do that because of three things he's put into place. A one world religion, and every other religion will be gone. And the only person he's going to require to be worshipped is who? Himself. He's God. That's you're going to see later. Second, a one world government. And third, one world economy. The mark of the beast. You either take that mark of the beast, which says you belong to him, or there's no money, there's no food, there's no way to survive. And so that's what he's going to do. Now, this future Antichrist is not some uh, a movie we saw in the theater. Wow, seen those movies, really cool. No, this is real. Jesus spoke about this. Turn to Matthew chapter 24, if you will. Matthew chapter 24, and, and you will see specifically Jesus... 2,000 years ago, speaking to his disciples, talking about the end times. This is what we're talking about. The book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, and you'll see the book of Thessalonians is about end times, when the world ends, what that looks like. It's not some guy in the corner that hasn't shaven or taken a bath in seven weeks with a sign. The end of the world is coming, and people laugh at that. This is real. It's going to happen to our world. Matthew 24, 15. So when you see Standing in the holy place, this is the Antichrist, in the new Jewish temple. The abomination, Jesus says, that causes desolation. Spoken of through the prophet Daniel. So Jesus believed everything, of course, that Daniel said, because it's in the Bible. Let the reader understand. So Jesus is talking about the start of the great tribulation. Now, the tribulation is seven years in length. It's the 70th week of Daniel. Remember, it's been put on hold. And he's talking about the great tribulation in the last three and a half years when the Antichrist stands in the new Jewish built temple. And he simply says this, quit worshiping God, Jehovah. I am the true, one true God. So worship me. He's also called in the Bible, the man of lawlessness. Now, when God designed the nation of Israel, he took Abraham, just went to Abraham. Abraham didn't know God, didn't know anything about God. Abraham was a pagan. And he says, I'm going to make of you a nation that's going to bless the world. And of course, through the nation of Israel, who came? Jesus Christ. That's how the world's blessed. Now, what was the role of God making a nation? Well, the world at that time, worshiped nothing but all false gods. They'd worship this podium. They'd worship a rock. They'd worship this. And there was all kind of sexuality that went through with most of their worships, you know, just bizarre, kind of like the stuff we see today, just bizarre stuff. Everything you see today, don't go like, well, where did that come from? It's always been in the heart of men. You, You can see anything you want to think in the Old Testament. So why did God send the nation of Israel, because they were supposed to be what? Light and salt to a dark world. What was their one thing they were supposed to say? There is one real God, and his name's Jehovah. So what happened? Well, they blew it. For hundreds and hundreds of years, 
What did they eventually become like? They became like the pagan nations. They started worshiping idols. And God punished them over and over again. The reason we have the book of Daniel, because they were sent 70 years captivity because they refused to worship the one true God. So eventually, what does God do with the Jewish people? He puts them, if you ever go into a train station overseas or even here in the United States, and you'll see some cars on the sideline. There's no engine there. They're just sitting there. They're not going anywhere. That's what he did with the nation of Israel. He put the nation of Israel on the sideline. Now, individual Jewish people can get saved today, but the nation of Israel is basically blinded. They just, they, 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 they failed God, and so they're set on the sideline. Now, who did he put in the train that was now to take light and salt and tell about God and Jesus? Who did he pick to do that? It's the church. Well, what is the church? If you're a Christ follower at any of our campuses today, would you raise your hand? You're the Say it with me. I'm the church. So what is your role? Just sit on the sideline and do nothing. No, you're on the train track. You're active what? Telling people about God and Jesus and there's hope. Does our world need to hear that? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You see, so here we are, the church age. Now, there's coming a day when the church age is going to end. We don't know when it is. When it ends, look down at the bottom. How is it going to end? The rapture of the church. I'll talk about that. When the rapture of the church happens, what is right after the rapture of the church? Now, let me see if, how good your math is. How long is the years of tribulation? The great tribulation is what part of this? The last half. When does the abomination, when does the Antichrist go into the new built Jewish temple and go, quit your worship of God, I am God? That's when it happens. That's when hell on earth comes. Not like the real hell, but hell on earth. So we're going to look at that. At the end of that, what comes? Look it down at the bottom. The second coming of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to study this morning. Now, if you will, look at this verse. Remember, the Antichrist is called the, the lawless one. Watch this. For the secret power, you'll see it, you see it, of lawlessness is already at work. In other words, the book of 1 John says there's lots of little antichrists already here. Antichrists are just trying to replace Christ. There's all kinds of false teaching that goes out there, and we hear it everywhere. But the one who now holds it back, the real antichrist, the restrainer, the church, and will continue to do so till he, the church, is taken out of the way. So look at me. What is holding back our nation, our world, just going totally to hell? The church. There's some morality left. Can I hear an amen? There's some godly, godly people left. We're light and salt. We're still here. We're here till God removes us. So while that's happening, we're restraining you think, well, Pastor Mark can't get any worse than it. Oh, it's going to get worse. The minute the church is gone, you, you won't even want to ever even think about what this place is going to be like. So what's holding back is the church. Now notice. And then after the church is gone, after, and what's the church again? Is it the building? Is the building going to go? No, it's people. We're going to go to heaven. And then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed. So he can't be revealed to the world until the church is gone, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Second coming 
is the battle of Armageddon. You've heard about it. You've seen movies about it. That's coming at the end of the tribulation. That's going to be there when Jesus Christ comes back and sets up his kingdom. Now, so the restrainer is what? The restrainer is the church, the Holy Spirit in the church. If you're a Christian, do you have the Holy Spirit? Yes. So that's what's holding back the Antichrist being totally revealed and taking over. Now, don't misunderstand that. When the Christians leave, the Holy Spirit stays here because millions of people are going to come Christians during the tribulation. Well, you can't become a Christian unless you're convicted by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit doesn't leave. We leave. We leave. All right. Now, let's go through and see what this looks like. When or how does the church get out of here? What do we do? Are there like moving vans in front and we just head out of here? No, let me just show you what this is like. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians in your Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And as you get there, we'll see in a moment what that word rapture looks like. Many people, uh, by the way, when they study these things, they don't they don't really understand rapture because they don't find the word in the Bible. Well, that's very simple to explain. But let me make one clarification to you. Just look at me as you're finding First Thessalonians toward the end of the Bible. You already saw it. Not five. First Thessalonians. There's wonderful Christians in different churches that believe differently than I'm going to teach. But basically, every evangelical believes exactly like we believe. Okay? Some people don't believe there's a rapture. Some people don't even believe there's a tribulation. Some Christians don't even believe there's a millennium. Okay? So, but they, every Christian, every person that's born again, believes in the second coming of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? So we're not going to argue with them, but I'm going to teach what I believe the Bible teaches. Uh, if, you, if you listen to uh, Charles Stanley, great teacher, he believes that. All the Baptists believe it. Assemblies of God believe it. Church of God believes it. Uh, 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 David Jeremiah believes it. You know, Adrian Rogers, he's in heaven now. He believes uh, All these great teachers from the ages. Now, it doesn't mean all the other people are wrong, but I think there's so much proof what I'm going to teach you today. That's what I'm going to teach. It's going to happen. When we get to heaven, we're going to be together. Nobody's going to be arguing because we'll all have everything cleared up by then anyway. But I'm going to teach you what I believe without a doubt the Bible teaches. I think, I think there's incredible proof for just that. Now, so verse 17, all of our campuses, those of you online, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be, circle the words, caught up, caught up. And you can write in your, in your side of your Bible, rapture, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we be with the Lord forever. Now, when the New Testament, look at me, when the New Testament was written, people say, well, I don't see rapture. Well, when the New Testament was written, it was written originally in Greek. And so basically that word is caught up. You'll see that in a moment, harpazo. Now, eventually, because most of us don't read Greek, it was translated into Latin. By the way, most of us don't read Latin today. And we had to get it transferred to the English. That's why you see that. Well, in Latin, that word is raptus which the English word for us is rapture. Rapture, harpazo, uh, Greek, Latin, raptus, caught up to snatch away. So what does that simply mean? Here it is. It's the time of Jesus' return, key word, in the air to take his followers to heaven. Jesus will come back, not to the earth, 
His feet won't touch the earth. That's the second coming. He'll come in the air to take his followers away. Now, the first person to mention the principle of the rapture was Jesus. Now, keep your finger right there in Thessalonians and turn back to the book of John. You know where that is. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Just go two books past me. Two books past me, okay? What are you talking about? Two books past Balmer. No, two books past Mark, all right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John 14. Jesus had just said to his disciples, I'm leaving. Well, the disciples were hurting. Now, as I'm going through this this morning, I want you to understand, every single person here this morning will experience or understand what I'm going to talk about. It's not just for the Jews. It's for every single person, believer and unbeliever. So pay attention, because this is your history. This is what's going to take place. Now, Jesus says this to his disciples, because they're all worried. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. What I'm telling you is the truth. Trust also in me. In my father's house, there's many rooms. Old translation, mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going to prepare a place for you, speaking to Christians alone. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So Jesus is telling his disciples about the future of all believers that's going to be in heaven. Heaven's a real place. And Jesus assures his shaken disciples that he's, even though he's going to the cross, he's going to leave them and he's going to heaven. He says there is life after death. There is an actual heaven. And he says to them, I'm coming back to take you to heaven. So don't be panicked. Don't be feared. Now, Jesus speaks about that. He speaks about other things we'll see later. But later on, the Apostle Paul, the greatest writer in the New Testament, he gets a total clear explanation of what Jesus is talking about. The rapture, the second coming, the tribulation. And in 1 Thessalonians and in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, he clarifies all about the rapture in our new bodies that we're going to get when we go to heaven. Now, so in 1 Thessalonians 4, we have the most direct and clear teaching on rapture. Now, look at me. Everything I'm going to talk about now is only for believers. Has nothing to do with unbelievers. We'll talk about that at a later time. So this is real Christians, not people that say, well, I believe in God. That's not a real believer. Satan believes in God. It's a person that has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, we believe, as I told you, that Christ will return in two stages, as most evangelicals throughout the whole world and have forever. So here is something you can write down. These two phases, Jesus coming for the church, it's called the rapture, Later, Jesus coming with the church. The rapture is the time of Jesus' return in the air to take his followers to heaven. Today, Pastor Mark showed us how this singular event will set the stage for the beginning of the tribulation. The rapture of the church is a moment you will not want to miss. The only way to be a part of it is to place your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Have you made that decision to avoid God's wrath on this earth? Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. What is God's purpose behind the rapture? When will it take place? How should we be living? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will answer these questions for listeners as he breaks down God's prophetic calendar. The rapture has two aspects, salvation for his followers and the beginning of wrath for the rest of the world. We should be ready for the rapture by being a real Christ follower, not fake. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving